This is Define the Narrative Podcast with your host, Anne Argo. My guest this morning is Tanya from Somos Retreats. She is a blessing in disguise (laughs) for those of you that have embarked upon creating your own family because she has the all-inclusive retreat. She will help you with everything. So when we see those of you who were on Facebook or on Instagram or in the solo mom traveling groups. And you're saying, I'm going to travel with a three and a half month old. Where should I go? And how do I do this? I highly recommend that you start with Tanya because she has done it all. She's thought of it all. And the rave reviews that come out of her trips, not only um, from what it does for your family, but the relationships that you build of the people that you meet is absolutely just astonishing, which is why she's here today. So thank you for joining us on Define the Narrative podcast, Tanya. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about your retreat or your retreats? Yes, yeah, certainly. I um, I started my retreats. Uh, it was a like a dream that sparked in the pandemic, uh, travel and my children and my passion. But obviously, it was limited at that point. And I thought when I travel, and I'm sure you've experienced this, the first three, two or three days with when you're traveling with your child is kind of chaotic. You're trying to work out where are they going to sleep? How are they going to sleep? How am I going to feed them? And how can I do the things that I enjoy about traveling? And how can we enjoy those together? So I, I really was pondering on this and thought, well, if you had a nanny, that helps. If you had your meals, if you landed, got picked up from the airport, brought to a lovely place and then had a local person come in and cook your meals and a a local nanny come in and love and care for your children, like how much more awesome would that be? Um, And also, I feel like it's really important when you're in a a new country to um, feel like you're experiencing the culture. So Nobody really likes those group tours. Well, I, I mean, I, I personally don't. And um, But I thought if you're doing tours with other people, with families that look like you, that you've come to know, then it becomes like a lot more personal and you're not being trudged from one place to another. So I put all of these ideas together and um, turned them into Somos Retreats. And so I do different things every every time, like sometimes like, well, every time so far, we've had mariachi bands that come in. Um, we, I know it's awesome. So they, they're like the final, the final event is the mariachi band. Um, and the welcoming event is a massage. So your children aren't thrown into nannies and then you're taken off to leave the house. Like they have time to adapt and you're there and having a massage. And if your children are little, then we try and time the massage with the nap. So everything I've tried to really think of everything to make sure that both the mom and the child are, are equally comfortable. That is very thoughtful. And I I do want to kind of break that down because I know the first time I traveled with my son, he was two and a half months old. And we all come to being only parents with different skills. And I know for me, I'm okay 
being on my own and managing things that I can actually physically manage. I know there are other people who it could break them a five hour plane trip, right? Um, having to hold their child for the whole time. When you're thinking about, first of all, do you have age limits that you accept um, the children? So the only time I impose an age limit is for our beach ones because the beach retreats have pools and then the beach and there is no barrier. Um, so. I ask for children to be five and above um, because just for safety reasons. But with our retreats here in Oaxaca um, and hopefully in other places in the future, I prefer not to have a, an age requirement. Our nannies love babies and babies are easy. They just sit on your lap. And, you know, a lot of the time when they're infants, they, they don't go anywhere. The youngest one we've had so far was 14 months and uh, it, she was a dream. You know, it's it's lovely. And every mom needs a break. And like you say, that looks different for different people. So we try and do our best to make sure that you, that part of your brain that is always on can get turned off when maybe you're in your room reading a book, but you know that someone is holding and playing with your child or they're crafting with them if they're a little bit older and they're supervising them if they're in the pool. So you can kind of turn off that part of your life, your brain that is always active. Right. So the first part is, is that having trust with you that you've chosen caregivers that I can say, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to worry about that. And so then I'm yeah. thinking in my head, I have a child. We're planning this trip. You help with the airfare as well. The, the, the travel arrangements. No. So I'm going to get my own plane ticket and I'm going to tell you when I'm going to show up. And then someone's going to be there to meet me, help me with my luggage, help me get my child into the van or the car. And then we're going to show up at, at the place that is a private location. It's not a hotel. So I don't have to worry about room service or being in public. And then you have a transition so that there's a bonding with the caregivers and I get a massage first thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So relax is number one. <laughs> yes. I know that um, I, especially until about my child was seven, nobody cared for my child but my mother. So if I am someone who doesn't use caregivers and I'm coming to this retreat, I know that this is a trust going back to that relationship of trust of the caregivers. But you have nannies that are the same nannies over and over. And as you mentioned, um, you fly up your main nanny from Medida. Can you tell us about the nannies that you have and, and, and how you have them take care of the children and the relationship that you have with them, with the families when they come? So I also didn't allow anyone to look after my son until he was um, nearly like about three and a half, except for my mom. So the nanny I fly up from Merida is the one, the only person that I trusted to take care of my children. Um, I pretty much test all of the nannies by putting my own children up for, for making sure that they make the grade. We've been really fortunate in that we have um, our first nanny, that one of our first nannies that joined us was a trained Montessori school teacher. She brought to the events the ability to connect with the mothers just as much as the children. Um, and then we have a mom and daughter team right now that are working for us. Uh, they've both been nannies. Um, they 
one of the the mother worked for me, took care of my children one evening, and within five minutes of her entering my house, I I have to have this woman work on the retreats because she has such a heart of love that that um, every child that meets her just she connects with them, even though she doesn't speak um, English. She just has a way of connecting with children. Um, and then her daughter came in and she's inherited all of the wonderful traits from her mother as well. So we just, I make sure that I have nannies that you will feel comfortable with just as much as I have, because I had those high standards of children who hadn't been in daycare, who I was terrified of, of leaving alone. So um, because I have felt like that, it has enabled me to connect with uh, women who I know that are going to care really well for your children. And you actually have their profiles on your website. Yes. Right? Yes. And so you can read about them and see their picture. And then of course, if anyone is still feeling a little trepidatious and needs to be convinced, they can reach out to you. And um, it is a thing. Sometimes you need someone to help you let go a little bit. And, um, it's, it's a huge responsibility that we take to create a family of our own. And when you, when you do take it on, sometimes it's, it's hard to share. Um, but it is nice to know that, that there are, there are good people. And the minute I can tell you the minute that you have someone that you trust, Mm -hmm. it'll be a let go and a relaxation that you probably haven't felt since the day you gave birth to your first child. (laughs) Exactly. We've just had five three and unders on our last event. Um, So I have three nannies come in when I have lots of little ones uh, because I feel like, you know, people, children go down for naps. I just, when they're toddlers, they need more, more care. So, um, but the moms have been seeing posts in the group of other people who are worried about leaving their children and actually have been responding to the messages from their point of view and how it felt for them to leave their children. So it's not just me. If you're in the group and you see other people that have been on you, I'm sure they won't mind if you reach out to them as well. Oh, excellent. Right. And, and let them share their experiences with you. By the way, what's the oldest child you've had come on a trip? So far we have, um, uh, he's going to be 10 and he's coming back. So he was nine and a, there was a nine and an eight-year-old and they're both coming back actually to a beach retreat next year. So first retreat I ever did. And I have two returning guests. guests for that, so. Excellent. Well, yeah. I just turned 11. So part of my thing is I think, you know, what I was telling you before we um, started that I think once you get going in school, you, you, you breathe a sigh of relief and you kind of go into your regular world, but this is really great. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm one of the ones that I have the tween now who Mm -hmm. actually is very, very tall because puberty is a different thing. So it's nice to know that we can match things up, um, so that there's other kids to play with too, especially if you're like me and you have an only child. So, which I also think, oh, I was going to say, also what I'm trying to do in the group is so that people like you who have an older child, um, when you book something, then I will have a running list of the date and the age of the child so that you can say, oh, I can make that week and there's already an 11 year old on there so that people match up. So far, we've always had children grouped together because I always post welcome Anne and her 11 year old. And then I'll put the date of the retreat and then someone else will almost always say, oh, that's what I needed to book my trip. So it all has kind of been very organically meshed where children always have a playmate. 
That's great. So if I am interested in kind of watching out to see when you've got a trip that has other kids of the same age, um, you're posting it so you can get an idea with that and then, or let you know, and you'll, you'll do a little matchmaking of the, exactly. of the kids. So, and that's really good too, because nannies aside, he will come tell me I'm bored. Um, yes, so, absolutely. And, and then how many other people might join us at the home or at the location? So six families is my cap. I feel because we're with children too, that it's too hectic to have um, more than six families. Like the house obviously gets chaotic at times because children are chaos, but uh, it's a controlled chaos for the most part. You know, like we have the nannies, they're there from breakfast till dinner. Uh, oftentimes the nanny stay, one of the nannies stays at the house as well. So there's always like, you know, an extra presence nearby so that, the you know, you, you don't have to think so much about about your children. But six, I found, I think is the limit of what I want to do for, for these events, just to keep it so that it isn't always screaming, um, <laughs> screaming, even though it's mostly happy screams, you know, it just, it's too much with, I think, more than six people. It's the children and animals rule, you know. <laughs> There's, there's, there's a noise limit, right? A decibel yeah. level. And then for accommodations, do you have options? So I know there's some mothers who would want to sleep with their child or in the same room. And there's others who are like, put them somewhere else. Do you offer those options? So the families are in the same room, but I um, provide pack and plays for little ones. Uh, I'm in the process of finding a year round house. I have Uh, one that I'm negotiating with and another one that I'm going to look at as a B-planned right now. And um, so there's normally an option for two beds and I try and find king beds in most of the, in most of their places. So if you have two children, then normally you you are in the position of sharing with one of them, unless one's in a crib. Um, And then if you have, uh, I'm trying to find a place which has an option for people with three children too, so that they can all be in the same room. But I look for houses where the rooms are big. Um, they have ensuite bathrooms. So you have privacy once you're in the room. What you find is that the children really aren't in the rooms unless they're sleeping. They want to play and they get to meet other children. Um, that And there's fun things to do. The weather is great. Yes. It's uh, the Gulf of Mexico or is it the Caribbean? No, we're actually inland. So we're surrounded by mountains here in Oaxaca. Okay. Okay. And then when you do the beach retreats, you do those on the... We do those on Puerto Escondido. Okay. So we are on the Oaxaca coast. Um, But those ones are um, like pop-ups. I just do pop-up events at the beach. And they fill up quickly. And so then we get settled. I get a massage. Everybody's happy. There's controlled chaos. The food is great. Do you cater to those who have dietary restrictions or choices? Absolutely. We have... um, Our chefs are all able to deal with, you know, nut allergies. Um, We had somebody, a child that couldn't eat corn or um, wheat. Uh, They took care of him. We use, the thing with Oaxaca is that it has such a great year round growing climate that we literally all just eat fresh fruit and vegetables. So for the most part, it's so easy to accommodate all different diets. Uh, Even when people make mole, the moles generally are uh, vegetarian based and it's the final ingredient is the chicken. So it's really easy for us to to cater for dietary restrictions here. Mole is the one of my favorites and I'm vegetarian and I can deal with chicken broth, but I don't like um, the lard. So you've, (laughs) you've already, 
you just talk about some chili rellenos and some chilequiles and I'm there, Tanya. <laughs> I've, I've got my food down. I've brought, if I've got formula or if I'm breastfeeding, you're going to help me negotiate that. What if there is a need for medical care? So I have a when people arrive, I give them a sheet of medical information so that they have a doctor who they can text, which is a wonderful thing about Mexico. You can text the doctor. Um, the most uh, severe thing we've had so far is a child with a rash, but she was able to text the doctor a picture of the rash and get medical advice. Um, obviously, I do have give you information for emergency, uh, then also adult doctors, because sometimes we have problems too. But all of the um, people that I refer speak English. So you don't have to, to speak Spanish to um, communicate with them. Excellent. And another good thing about Mexico is that their drugs are not as controlled as they are, say for in the United States. I don't know how they are in Canada and other countries, but I know that there are things here in the United States that could take me half a day going to urgent care just to get, I mean, even antibiotics, a little more sophisticated pain reliever, or there's, there's just, it's, it's easier to get access. Their pharmacists are um, more able to help you with it. And it is easier to access a doctor. It just doesn't feel like there's as many hoops as there are here in the United States. So I've got my healthcare in case there's that emergency. I've got the food. I've got the childcare. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the local excursions in Oaxaca? So for those that don't know, Oaxaca is in Southern Mexico, right? Tell us a yeah, little bit we, about that. Say again. Oh, we're just, we're like a seven hour drive from Mexico City. South, so right? We are like, hang on, I'm terrible with geography, so don't quote me, you'll have to look at a map. No, 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 you're good, because because Mexico City is kind of like right there central, you're, you're in yeah. the peninsula, right? Oaxaca is in the... We're right in the center. Okay. So, well, I guess, like, hang on, I have to look at a map. I'm it's really, okay. like I said, my, my map, my geography is appalling. Uh, I know where I am, I can point at it on a map, but when I picture it, I'm like, we're, we're like a six hour drive from the coast but really we're only 150 kilometers if you drew a straight line it's because of the the roads right yeah. the crazy mountains yeah, yeah the crazy <laughs> mountains so tell us about that region of of mexico and what are some of the excursions um that are there that you offer yes we are in the mountains so there are beautiful um places to go obviously and take a look at in the mountains one of the excursions that we've been doing is to Hierve al agua which means boil the water so for the longest time it was closed and i thought they were hot springs but actually they're like lukewarm they're, they're kind of cold <laughs> springs um and you drive it's like an hour and a half drive so not very far but then you are on a plateau like high up in the mountains with um lakes that you can swim in and there's a petrified waterfall so that's one of the places that we go to it's the best photo opportunities and along the way they stop at some of the artisan places like um a rug making village uh there's a pottery village um, depending on the day, like they might take you to a chocolate making place or um, just there's lots of different like options because it's along the artisan's trail. So that's one of the things we do. We also go to Monte Alban, which are the ruins that are also super close to us. Um, and uh, that's kind of fun. It's not so fun on a hot day because there's no shade, but you know, when it's most of the time we're pretty, if you go, we go in the morning where it's cooler and um, 
there's plenty of space for kids to run around. Um, it's and it's beautiful. They are really beautiful. We have an English speaking person that tells you all about the um, the history of the ruins. Um, we do different excursions depending on the time of year. So obviously for Day of the Dead, we're doing more things that are traditional for Oaxacans here, uh, like bread decorating, visiting the Sempasucho fields. So I talk to locals and I find out what they're doing. And then I talk to my tour guides, at my tour guide company, and I say, can we do this? So there's lots of different um, options and things that as I learn, I bring into it. We also do... Um, with the permanent house, I'm going to be offering a choice of tours. So there's no longer such a set itinerary. You can make your itinerary and mix and match a little bit more. So we're going to do a street food tour as an option as well. Um, so that means you get to have a local person who grew up here. She she actually, you know, her family owned a stall in the market. And so she takes you to the markets in Centro and you try all of the different foods. Um, she also does, my favorite is Abastos, which is a, the general market where everything comes into and you'll see uh, stalls on there featured on like street foods and feed, uh, somebody feed Phil. Um, I go there a lot and I went on her tour and it was, it's just a beautiful, very authentic. It's where everyone goes to get their freshest, cheapest produce and it, the energy is electric in there. So that's another thing that we'll be offering. That's very exciting. Um, and yes, the local even being a vegetarian, going to the the market was always very exciting for me. It's just, especially in the United States, we're such a processed country to see things mm -hmm. that are just uh, natural. And I also cuisine wise, you find that there's things that you would never eat. Uh, or I'll, I'll say for myself, things that I would like, I would never have eaten beets growing up. And I know that when you have fresh beets that are just boiled with salt, they're just absolutely incredible. Um, and, and that was one of my favorite things in Mexico is going to the market and seeing all of the fresh produce and fruit and, and the energy and um, the, the, the language too. It's always, it, it definitely is an immerse, an immersive culture. And you mentioned things like day of the dead of the, the bread decorating. So you have the tours and the sightseeing that's outside of where everyone stays. And do you do in-house activities? What are some of the things that you do in-house with the kids? Well, we have our nannies that, um, we have a preschool, fully trained preschool teacher who took care of my children when we lived in Merida. And I've been flying her up, um, persuading her to live here. Uh, she comes in and she does all different like crafting with the children, comes up with all different ideas uh, from making crowns to, um, oh my goodness, they've, they've just done every time she comes up with something different. So we have a huge crafting box that depending on the age of the children, she's, she's doing stuff. We have musical instruments for the children. Um, once we have the full-time house, there's going to be like a soft play area for them. Last time we had a big green area. So we got a bouncy house for them. It's a no brainer, right? Children love to jump around and get out their energy. And the moms felt really happy leaving their children in the care of the nannies when they saw them squealing in delight in the bouncy house. We just come up with different things. And obviously the houses so far have all had pools and kids love splashing around in a pool. And so the pools are shallow. So the nannies get in there with them and are able to splash around with them. We have pool noodles, pool toys. So we just make sure that 
the children are most important thing because if the children are happy then the moms are happy if the children are coming up to you telling you they're bored then we're doing something wrong right safe so mom is content happy so that the kids are engaged in the activity and um and creativity is always good and moving their bodies and moving around what about the mom who they're looking for this to be an opportunity for them to get some extra intensive exercise or physical challenges or the mom who's looking to not and be more sedentary and just not move. Do you have some differentiation and ideas that allows the mothers to kind of follow their need during this amazing trip. So we have um, had moms who just wanted to come and do nothing. And that's fine. They did still go on the retreats. But you know, if they want to, if you want to be in your room all day, or you want to sit in a hammock, and you just want to uh, read a book, then that's absolutely fine. I do think there is a big difference between what I do and what say a fully inclusive resort does. Because when you come on a summer's retreat, you are vacationing with your child. Whereas if you go to an all-inclusive, then you can drop your child off and then go and you can do your intensive exercise and you can be gone all day, you know? I feel like that's a completely different style of vacation to what I offer, because we don't mind at all if you leave your your children all day, but the style of the, the vacation is your children do have access to you if they fall and, and, you know, hurt their knee or whatever, then they can get to mom for the most part. Obviously, if you're out, you're out, but there is definitely more of a feeling of vacationing with your child as opposed to that mom who just needs like to to drop their kid off know that they're having a good time receive a text or whatever if they if they need one but can go off and do their own thing there's definitely a difference we do offer nannies if you want to do an excursion without your child but so far nobody has taken us up on that we we do have the options available but we for the most part we we seem to attract people who want to have that um, share experiences with their child, but also be able to go off and have dinner by themselves in the evening when the babysitters are around or go to the market and actually be able to look at stuff without a kid pulling on your, you know, on your coattails. Like, so there is a balance, but with a, I guess, an emphasis on sharing experience. Right. The family vacation. And I think that really speaks to one of the essence of, creating our own families is we wanted to be a part of this family. We wanted to have this family and just, it's nice to know that if I need to schedule, like, okay, I just, I know for me that it's been a long three years Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the pandemic. And so um, I know I keep telling my sister, she she wanted to come visit for my birthday and let's go do blah, blah, blah. And I said, if you want to do something for me, you will just let me have some time alone, which I'm normally not that way. But it is nice to know that if you do need to schedule in that break, it's the nice in-between. And I do think it's important to highlight that it's a family vacation. It's shared experiences. um, And it's not stressful. You know, the good thing that I like about Mexico, unless you're going someplace like Mexico City or into a big city like Guadalajara, is it really is a rich culture and it's really nice to have a bridge of knowing that if you don't know the language, you don't have to stress about it, but also not having to have translators for everything. You've mentioned, you know, all of the folks that are English speaking, 
that I know that that is a, a comfort. So how many of these retreats have you had and what is what do you have on the horizon? What are the next ones that you're booking? 2021 was my first year of running them and I had four last year and I have three fully booked already for next year. I've just launched the, um, the house because I know we, I'm so close to securing the house. So I felt comfortable enough to sell seats for spots for next year. Uh, so I've had 12 people put their deposits down already for next year. Um, it's nerve wracking, but it's so exciting. I love that the I have so much more availability. So I'm keeping us open for all of the holidays with the option of if you decide you want to come with your friend and we're outside of the regular school holidays, that's fine. I just need two people and I'll make it happen. I just don't want you by yourself in the house with your with your kid and one nanny, you know? <laughs> right, right. I want, so you, I want have, you to leave with a friend. So you have scheduled times that you're booking out. And then once you have this house up and going, there's the option if, if you want to schedule as long as we... It's not just one person coming to inhabit the house. Um, that it's is, the yeah, that is so exciting. Do you have a variety of links of these excursions and vacations? Generally, they pick up the excursions pick up at about um, eight thirty or nine in the morning, and they come back at about five. So they're long days. They obviously stop for lunch. My biggest obstacle has been the Mexican culture. They have lunch at two. And I've stuck with the, you know, American or English culture of having a, a midday lunch and explaining to them that you've got to get these children fed between 12 and 1 or you're going to have ogres. But um, through the process of doing this many times, now we're making sandwiches or making sure that the kids have some food so that they're not melting down before we get to the lunch destination. So, you know, all things are learning curves, working with um, the Mexican culture uh, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to explain what we need unless of course you're doing the market tour and you're having food in which case you're being fed more than you more than you could eat <laughs> absolutely and then the length of the vacations what are the options do you is it a set number of days that you have these vacations or do you have different length vacations so so far we've been doing a week so friday to friday or saturday to saturday and that's still the um you know what I'm trying to, to do, but some people want to stay longer and I can make that happen now that we have a year round house. Um, obviously I can't do that if I just have uh, one person because the houses are super expensive on a day-to-day -day basis and one person couldn't absorb that cost. But now that we have a year round house, the house isn't going anywhere. I don't have to give it back to turn it over. So people can stay for longer. Um, the number one thing that people have said to me as they're leaving is we wish we could have stayed longer. So I'm making that happen. Can you share with our listeners where they can find information about your Somos retreats and, and sign up for the next one? And what's the next vacancy that you do have? <laughs> the next vacancy is in the house. The uh, full-time house will be opening March the 1st. So it will be the Friday or the Saturday after uh, March the 1st when people can sign up. I mean, you can sign up now for, for any date. So spring, those of you that have spring break with your kiddos, there's there's your spring break vacation. And yeah. tell, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and on the web. 
Yep, I have a Facebook group, SMC Retreats, uh, with over two and a half thousand people in it. And then I have my website, somosretreats.com, S-O-M-O-S, retreats.com. And you can find all of the information there. We are all here because we are women who created a family of our own. What can you share with us about how you came to create a family of your own and what it's been like? Okay, so my dream like many of us had been that I would have you know meet somebody and have a couple of kids um and I always thought I would be a young mom but as my life evolved it didn't evolve in the way that I thought uh I didn't meet anybody that wanted to have a family so I when I hit 37 I started thinking about it I ended a relationship to pursue um solo motherhood still took me a couple of years to really give up on that traditional family structure and to stop judging myself. And then uh, it took me three years to have my son because by then I'd left it so late, I struggled with infertility. So my son is via a sperm donor and my, my own eggs. And then I had my daughter three years later via the same donor um, and she was a donated embryo. So I have sort of run the whole gamut of the donor conceived world of, um, you know, doing it on my own, infertility, sperm donors, double donor. Um, and now I, I have my family and the expectation versus the reality is honestly, it's so much easier than I thought it was, um, than it would be because I like the security of knowing that it's just me making the decisions and um, that anyone else I bring into my life now would have to add to it rather than, rather than me looking for them to be the making me happy. I've made myself happy now. Your family is complete. This is what I tell my son. If yeah. we are a family unit, people will come and people will go, but we will always be here. Um, yeah. and, uh, and that's okay. And I think that has been a comfort for me as well. Um, especially mm -hmm. being a child of parents who divorced, you don't think you have those issues until you realize I don't want someone, I'm even particular about my own family, um, about, the consistency of interactions. And I'm like, there, there's, there is that safety and it's solid. It's funny. I, I asked my son yesterday, I said, what if there's a child that's just like you, but can't stay with their family right now? Would you, how would you feel if we like fostered and had someone come stay that was about your age and, and maybe they needed to stay or not? He's like, no, I like it just you <laughs> So for yeah. I always talk about that too, right? Because there's that whole conversation about when the kid, I read something recently, someone said, oh, my two and a half year old just started saying, I want a daddy, I want a daddy. And I'm like, well, your guilt is kicking in because you did something that is not what your deep culture tells you. But yeah. I would tell you and go, you do want a daddy. What do you like about that? Or who has a daddy that you say? And then just ask yourself this. What if they said, I want a goat. I want a goat. Yeah. You have no guilt about a child wanting a goat. It just is. <laughs> yeah. It's the story we tell ourselves, right? And if that makes you feel bad that or guilty, then it's something that we need to process. Not and it's something that our child needs to process. Yeah. And it's they're going to ask for, yeah, they're going to yeah. ask for all sorts of different things. You're, you're right. Like so far, my, my son has, he very much accepts the fact that he that he doesn't have a dad. It, I have no problem with it, so I just think he doesn't have a problem with it either. 
They don't. It's, it's, I can tell you, and that's, that's really my whole define the narrative premise is you go in, this is the way it's always been. And it's the same thing as like, my child doesn't have a sister or a brother. And I can feel bad that he doesn't have a sister or a brother, but I, that is what we have. And that is our family. You know, there are, it also goes into grief too. Um, you know, I, I didn't anticipate losing my parents before he was five. And, yeah. and it's just, you know, no matter how much you plan, Speaking of even a trip, no matter how much you plan, mm-hmm. unexpected things happen, and that is life. Um, but uh, you and I have a very similar how we got there, and and knew that the time was the issue, and the saving grace of 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 making it. And um, I really appreciate you sharing your story. And and I just want to say this too. I believe that when we embark on creating our own family, and we see not only how okay it is and and we realize that we have um we have courage inside of us that we didn't let out before and i'm wondering as our closing question do you think that if you had not had the experience of successfully starting your family that you would have ever entertained moving to another country and trying an alternative way of, um, of living if you hadn't already done something that was such a huge leap of faith? Does it, I, I think it, it, it makes us more courageous to try creative things. Had I not been successful, um, that I would have been digitally nomading around the world without settling anywhere and without probably a purpose. I feel that having my children means that I have to not just think about me. Um, I have a nomadic soul and my son needs a base. So I have, even though we moved to Mexico, uh, it became apparent very quickly that even though he was only three when we moved, he needed a base. And so it wasn't about me anymore. I can travel as much as I want, as long as his he has a home that he feels Um, he knows we're going back to. So yeah, there's definitely a difference in how I'm living my life now to how it would have been because I would have been somewhere new every six weeks if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for that. I don't know how I would have been supporting myself, but I would have worked out. (laughs) Not this. I think it's beautiful though, that it didn't limit you. You didn't stay where you were and it, it, you, you are still filling your need of that sense of, of, the world and your purpose in this Somos retreat, I think is um, affirming of that, right? That we can continue to explore the world and helping to make women who create their own family be able to do that as a shared experience with their children. Yeah, exactly. Kenya, thank you so much for joining us on Define the Narrative podcast. I hope that anybody that finds you through our podcast, that they let you know that this is where they heard you. And uh, we look forward to having you back maybe in a couple of months uh, to do a check-in and see how things are going. And we'll um, share all of the links to how folks can find you. We look forward to hopefully having our own retreat with you. I'm, I'm going to go see what, what our schedule looks like. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And I'd love to come back and tell you how it's going once we have the house up and running. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Define the Narrative podcast. We invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and sign up for our email list 
at definethenarrative.us. Until next time. This is Define the Narrative Podcast with your host, Anne Argo.